0: Welcome to the Deeper Podcast. This is a podcast run by a team of people from different churches, all aiming to make gospel resources that are both accessible and applicable for everyday life. We do hope you stick around and subscribe to this channel as we're going to cover a range of topics in the coming months. And so we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome everyone who's listening wherever you are. If you are on your car journey to work on a Monday morning or if it's a Saturday morning, Saturday evening and you're just uh, choosing to listen before you go to bed or just as you've woken up, uh, we welcome you and we're so thankful that you're listening. I'm sat here with Steve Brind. Hi there, Reese. Great to
1: uh, be sharing with everyone again.
0: Yes, Um, and this is officially, although we've had two podcasts already live on Spotify, We are sat here about to record the first one that connects to the first episode of the Isaiah series on YouTube. Are you daunted or excited, Steve? I'm really excited, yeah. Yeah, just a
1: little bit daunted, but yeah,
0: really excited. I'm really excited, too. I think the part of our character that's probably similar is both probably pioneers. We both probably do it in a different way. Uh, But we're both probably people who's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just get it done. Definitely. And, uh, And I think when we're looking at how many videos and podcasts may be coming that's (laughs) we may have just taken a bite into a massive cherry. Let's not think about that. Yeah let's 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 just do this one first. (laughs) Let's do this one first. Um, So yeah equally I am very very excited um, for what's about to happen. So uh, I wish you guys had just been here in the past kind of like hour that I've got to spend with Steve just asking questions as we uh, prepare this for you Um, because it's just been an incredible hour I guess but What we are going to focus on for this one, Uh, the first message was called Isaiah 1, Diving In, wasn't it Steve? So this one references to that. Uh, And so what we're going to do is pick out what we think kind of the major themes or messages of that particular video was. So not the entirety of Isaiah yet, but limit ourselves to that 20 minute segment. We're going to take that uh, and then go through those things and see how they apply to uh, the normal life. Um, And so for this episode in particular, we've got uh, what it looks like to be an insider and an outsider with influence, Uh, what it looks like when the glory seems to be fading, but we're called to be constant and a steady in force, and then we're going to look at the message of social justice uh, and how to see that within the biblical framework, and then Steve will be finishing up with what it looks like to carry a message uh, of hope. I think we're ready to go, Steve. Let's go for it, yeah. Let's do it. So, first of all then, we see Isaiah, obviously from, from your message, we see Isaiah uh, is, you'd identify him as being an insider in Judah, an establishment, establishment man. Um, do you want to go through how that's different to other biblical characters first?
1: Yeah, sure. So, Isaiah is effectively, I think we said earlier as we were discussing, something like a civil servant, effectively. He's, yeah. he's got influence he's got some sway within the kingdom and he's speaking to over the the period of four kings which is quite impressive in and of itself so he's somebody that is able to bring a message and he's doing that very much from the inside and it's interesting because you look at Isaiah and he is that insider kind of man he's Mm -hmm. able to bring that message Straight after him comes Jeremiah. So Jeremiah is an outsider, but he's still within the kingdom of Judah. So he's within that sphere of Judah, but he's an outsider. He's shouting from the outside. And uh, at one point, he gets thrown in a pit because uh, the, the king at the time just doesn't like him. You know, he's <laughs> very much on the outside shouting and, 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 and hollering and trying to be heard. And then after that, you've got Ezekiel. And Ezekiel, again, is an outsider. So he gets up to some really crazy stuff and, and has some wild visions. He's in the kingdom of Babylon, so he's physically situated in Babylon. He's been taken away into exile, and he's an outsider. And again, in order to make his point, it's almost like a street performance artist trying to be really shocking in order that people will listen. So he's an outsider within Babylon. And then the final piece within this is Daniel. So Daniel is, is very much an insider, but within the kingdom o- of Babylon. And he has, in in one sense, the greatest influence of the lot because he has the ear of Nebuchadnezzar, the emperor over the superpower of the time, the, the, the empire of Babylon. So it's really interesting to see those, those characters as they, as they come through in their different spheres and, and the different way that they're operating. Wicked. So
0: there's a, I guess the essence of that is that they're all prophets. <laughs> they're all biblical prophets who are called in that specific way. They're all their own unique characters and they're doing what God has called them to right?
1: Yeah, and they've all got their own message, and they've got their own style. And that really encourages me, because (laughs) uh, sometimes you look at other Christians, you think, wow, I really wish I was like... And you can fill that gap in with whoever you look up to, whoever your idol is. And actually, uh, I've heard myself previously in in messages that were recorded some time ago, I think, oh, you know, I was just trying to be another preacher then, I was... Uh, that didn't sound authentically me. And God calls us to be authentically us, who we are mm. within our circumstance. And that's really, really important within this. Uh, Isaiah is an insider. That's where he's been placed. Mm. So he says, okay, I'm going to work within that. I'm not going to try and be the Jeremiah. I'm not going to try and be that sort of wild prophet on the outside. I'm not going to be the John the Baptist wearing uh, sackcloth and in the desert and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, I, I'm going to be somebody who works within my situation. That's really powerful. And I think about Christians who've done that throughout history so someone like Wilberforce for example yeah yeah, for sure and he works within the political system to bring about the end of slavery hmm. that's powerful then I look at someone like um, Tim Farron who the recent leader of the liberal democrats and he came to a point at which he realized he couldn't stay within that system and still be faithful to what God had put within him so he stepped down from that and I thought that that was interesting um, and then a guy called Dan Walker, I don't know if, uh, I, I know we should have heard of him. Yes, of course yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, He has replied to me on Twitter, Steve. Amazing, that's he brilliant. He has replied <laughs> to me on Twitter. He rinsed my poached eggs. <laughs> 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 that's, that's so good. So uh, he was a, a football presenter, now he's sort of moved on to be a BBC presenter, <laughs> but he's a, a, a well-known Christian. And he almost was sort of called out in the media for, oh, how can you be a BBC presenter yeah, yeah. and you're an evangelical Christian? And so here's a guy who's is effectively an outsider within that system, but trying to work within his sphere. And I just wanted to contrast him with a guy in the United States, just to show how there's a difference in our culture. So in the UK, we have moved away from biblical culture, from godly culture. We really have. We, we are very much a secular society. But I was listening today to a, uh, a, a recording from um, American football team, their coach, Frank Reich. So... The Indianapolis Colts, they have to be my team, so I'm there listening to him. And Frank says, at the start of this, I, I don't want to offend anyone, but I just want to let you know what we've been reading from the Bible in our sessions as a squad before we start. And we were reading from Revelation 5 this morning. I thought, wow, I can't think of a football manager who would be able to say that in the UK and get away with it. It just, just wouldn't happen. So Frank Reich is an insider within that system whereby that is entirely normal mm. to bring faith into that circumstance. So what, what, what are we saying? What we're saying is that whatever the circumstance that God's called you into, you can be the person who God wants you to be. And, it, and you're called to bring the message that God brings to you in your way uh, through the, 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 the means that God has given to you and through the style and the heart and the passion that God's given to you.
0: Yeah, it's so good, and it's so encouraging. It was something that I actually forgot, but during my undergraduate, I really struggled with, so I became a Christian in my undergraduate. The reason I took on my degree, so I was a product designer initially, uh, it was very me-focused like um, in regards to I wanted to make money as a designer, and then it flipped, and I just thought, oh wait, I'm actually just gifted as a, as a designer, and saw it within that context. But found it really difficult to design within a system that didn't honour God. Uh, it was very material right. focused, very like kind of ex- exploitative, um, and trying to work out that tension. Um, and so, but like now, so I, that went through to my postgrad, and I studied that as my postgrad, really understanding how to be within the system, but also honour God. And so, I guess still do that in my work now as a marketer, um, yeah, in the construction industry. So now it's such a helpful reminder always that it's not only possible but there's examples of how to do that well um, and i think moving on to i guess the next stage of this thing uh looking at you said this one phrase that really like captured me i guess and i thought man that's got to be in this bit now is uh, when the glory is fading how can we be constant and steady uh in in a divided position or a divided place
1: Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? And uh, I think about where we are right now. So as we're recording this, all around us, the whole world is thinking about COVID. Hmm. Uh, If you like, the the glory of the whole world is faded, isn't it? I mean, for goodness sakes, nothing is normal. Uh, you can't go on holiday in the way you could. You can't go to work in the way you could. Um, you, you can't interact with each other. You can't even hug your mum. Mm. It, it It's wild. So l- we're living in a time of fear. We're living in a time of threat. We're living in a time of danger. And that matches with, with what Isaiah was seeing um, within his time. He, he's living through times where, on the one hand, there's near threats. There's, there's the nations that are quite close. Then also there's this distant threat, this rumbling, dangerous threat from, from the far east of, of Assyria. And, and there's news coming through that this army sweeping across everywhere. And everyone's frightened. Uh, so it is, it's a challenge, isn't it, to live in those times? Um, there's no question it's a challenge right now as a Christian to live in these times of, of, of COVID. A- and it's not the first time in history this kind of thing's happened, and, and, and it will carry on. How do we do it? I think what Isaiah realized was that his trust had to be in God. 100%. Mm-hmm. And he came to it and said, okay, whatever else is going on, my trust is in God. That is so tough because we are human beings, we're ordinary humans living within this. And this in this is not like a, a, a religious, spiritual moment, you know, of, oh, oh look how wonderful we are because we can trust in God. This is real. You, you, you yeah, live in yeah. the real world and uh, how do you trust in God within that? And Isaiah says, okay, at very baseline, I'm yeah. going to have to just pour my trust into God because that is the only rock that I have that will sustain me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess one of the things we, we didn't mention is that uh, we have the examples of William Wilberforce, Tim Farron, and Dan Walker, uh, but also there's a sphere of influence that exists within an office that maybe only has five people, uh, or, say, shout out to my housemate, uh, as a policeman who desires to always be on the beat, always be walking the streets uh, and not be... Um, a high flyer, like Tim Farron, or, or like I guess in that regards, but be really consistent in what he feels called to, and there 's such beauty in that message, and I guess one of the things of I guess referencing it back to uh, the prophets is the difference in their characters, but all of those are needed
1: one hundred percent, and I think that that office scenario I- is I- is really important isn 't it when we 're talking about the the way in which um that that works for us as individuals okay so we're all going to go into different scenarios and we're all in different places some of us will be in the public sector some will be in the private sector some will be in education some will still be will, will be learning will be studying and so on all of those things that are, are, are going on within our lives A- and god's calling us to be who we are within those circumstances so i look at someone like um the, uh, maybe a, a pastor or someone mm. who's called to be a professional Christian. And that's one sphere of life, and that's really important. We need those Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. But also we need the people who are going to be powerful for God within their scenarios, within their situations, the, the everyday people, the nine-to-fivers. It, it's so, so important. And when we come into that position then where, where things are uncertain, we can be those people who bring comfort yeah. and who bring consistency within situations where there's fear, within yeah. situations where where people are worried.
0: Amazing. Um, one of the things you mentioned in kind of our, our pre-bit was um, about a bit of the Bible that says not to be afraid of those who can only kill the body.
1: Yeah, that's it. So we're w- thinking, again, of course, about I- this time of COVID now, and we don't want to be flippant about it in any way because it is a serious moment. Mm. But when I think about our position in Jesus and what we have. And we have eternal life, yeah? So we're going to live forever. And this brief time that we have on earth is exactly that, it's a brief time. Mm. And so when I come to that sort of fear and that doubt and that worry about this moment in history that's happening, I want to try and see that and remind my heart of that context that we have, which is that we are eternal beings. We Mm. will live forever. yeah, And we'd only be afraid of... The worst thing that can happen to us here on this earth which is simply physically dying because Mm. that in one sense is a gateway into the next life into the glory of uh, of heaven which is absolutely amazing um and within that then that allows us to be that constant and that steadying force that allows Mm. us to be those people who can say okay i can bring comfort to others now Mm. because i have that anchor that keeps me secure and it's not about building it up within ourselves. That's what I love about it as well. I don't have to say, well, oh, I have to big myself up this morning. I have to really pump myself up in God. It's not about that at all. It's actually about relying on Him and trusting in Him and in, in realizing that God is the great God. And mm. As I fall back on Him, that's where my strength comes from. That's where my security comes from in difficult times.
0: Yeah, so good. And I think um, in our case, kind of correlation to uh, either the working life or family life or home life or just having things in general, if your treasure can't be taken from you, then you have nothing to fear. Yeah. I think one of the fears is, if your treasure is your career, if your treasure is your kids, if your treasure is family life, wife, whatever, if those things are your treasure, then you have reason to fear because they can be taken away. And if that's what you put your focus on, then ultimately, like, yeah, there's a fear. Yeah, that's profound. Yeah, but when it comes to your treasure being in heaven, it cannot be taken away. Yeah. We have the one who has locked that away and said, here's your inheritance, like, you've got the Holy Spirit with you, but your treasure's in heaven, and so, actually, yeah, come into my house, there's nothing here, it's just me and the Holy Spirit, let's go for it, Um, and I think, yeah, so, we work within our giftings, and we work within what God is calling us to, always knowing that the treasure's kind of in God's iCloud, I guess, and then, like, fine, take my laptop, but it's in the iCloud,
1: I love that as a thought, that's really great. Uh, it, but it is, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, let's, let's yeah. be real about this. So yeah, absolutely. Know, we, we are living as, as people in, in two or three spheres, aren't we? So mm. we, we live within this sphere of the, the, the spiritual moments that we have with God, which is amazing. Obviously, that sort of culminates or typically culminates around a Sunday where we get together as God's people. and It's fantastic, really built up by that. And then we go back into normal life on Monday. And the jarring of that is quite significant. Right? <coughs> Uh, and uh, and again, then we've got the, f- the family sphere as well. So I come out of work today about sort of five thirty, six o'clock, and I'm straight into family, and I've got yeah, a, yeah. a small child who's there charging around, saying, "Hey, can we can we play fights and play fights and stuff?" You know. Yeah, so yeah. there's these different spheres that we're in, and within all of that, we're one person with one belief in God, and we're u- a yeah. unified person um, living in these different spheres. And actually, it can be jarring; it can be difficult, you know, to uh, to keep centered in all of that and to keep God at the center of all of that but realizing that God is at the center of each of those things God's not just with me at the spiritual moments the so-called spiritual moments he's with me and and, and he's in me and he's for me at each of those different areas of life that for me is the key of being that constant and steady force
0: yeah amen amen and so um on the note of I guess being released to be a comfort to others because we can be a steady force because our treasures in heaven. Um, I just got a quote from uh, John Piper's book, uh, "Don't Waste Your Life," which being a really profound book for me, but for so many Christians, like it's just a massive call yeah. not to waste your life, but in a biblical perspective. Um, and so, one of the pages in there talks about uh, risk. Um, and so he talks about one. Of th- so there's a quote from the Roman Emperor Julian uh, within this. Uh, the Roman Emperor uh, describes Christians as atheists. So Uh, the reason for that is because they believed in one God and to the Romans who had a pantheon of gods, that was deemed atheism to not believe in all those pantheons of gods and just believe in one. Um, So it says, the quote is, the Roman Emperor Julian, writing in the 4th century, regretted the progress of Christianity because it pulled away from the Roman gods. He said, atheism, i.e. the Christian faith, has been specially advanced through the loving service rendered to strangers and through their care for the burial of the dead It is a scandal that there is not a single Jew who is a beggar and that the godless Galileans care not only for their own poor but for ours as well, while those who belong to us look in vain for the help that we should render them. So that's the quote. It was really profound for me that ultimately not only did uh, the Galileans and uh, the Jews look after their own, but they were released to comfort everywhere. And so they were remnants of people who cared not only for their own, but for those who didn't acknowledge them, didn't like them, and actually persecuted them. Um, So at the end of your message on the YouTube uh, video, we hear you talk about uh, what it releases us to do, how to carry the message. And one of those was kind of bringing in social justice. Um, And we've had an interesting conversation about this before. um, And I want to know, what does a biblical perspective of social justice look like?
1: Yeah, so Isaiah wants to talk about social justice. That's really important in his message. He wants to talk about the vulnerable, the needy, uh, the poor. He wants to talk about those who are on the the margins of society and say, effectively, you need to look after them. It's imperative, it's God's heart that we care for those people. Uh, And that's gonna be a a, a massive feature within his writings all the way through. But it's interesting in terms of how this goes in church. life you know and in church history so what we're seeing right now is is a great emphasis on social justice within the church which mm-hmm. is brilliant it's absolutely fantastic let's say 10-15 years ago there was a massive impetus around worship and worship was the big thing and and to be cool within the church was to be a worship leader. So you get Matt Redman and Chris Tomlin and so on. And th- th- these <laughs> guys, uh, uh, the poster boys of Christianity. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then before that, so uh, I'm old enough to remember this bit. Before that, it was all about the preachers. And so it was all about the Billy Graham's, you know? And it was about people who could get up there and s- preach the word and, and know the Bible inside out. And it was all about the intellect and the, and the head knowledge. And it's interesting to watch how those things move through in terms of history, how those things become important. And I think what happens when the church majors on one thing, then you kind of lose the impact of all those other things. I think what's happening with the social justice movement is that as fantastic as it is, it's really important that it remains grounded within biblical theology, Mm. within the worship of God, within the fellowship of God's people, so that we're like a a rounded people. We're people um, who, who have... Uh, capabilities in all areas. I don't know if you've seen uh, bodybuilders who've just worked on their arms and shoulders and nothing else, you know? And, <laughs> and, and, and little skinny legs. And it looks I've ridiculous. got someone in mind, but I won't, yeah. <laughs> I won't <laughs> say the name. <laughs> you, you, you know it. And, and they just look ridiculous because they've got these little skinny chicken legs, you know? And, yeah, and yeah. you think, well... Y- you are unbalanced, and <laughs> yeah. sometimes the church gets a bit like that. It gets like unbalanced. Oh, you know, all, all this work on the arms. The biceps are looking great. Yeah, but, but <laughs> what about the abs? Yeah, and, and I feel that's that's maybe a bit where we where we might be with uh, with social justice.
0: Yes, absolutely. No, that's so cool. Uh, like ultimately, we're all actually probably called to be all of those at different times, two different people, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, innately, we're all worshippers, and innately, we're all going to have the chance to share about Jesus with someone, whoever that is. And we're all called to be social, just as people. So yeah, there's a a healthy balance that comes in. And this is where we kind of tie up this episode within um, and under the framework of God's message and who God is and seeing God in an accurate perspective. and, uh, And so let's go straight in with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this is where Isaiah is going with his message. So Isaiah's big message is that God is the great God Mm -hmm. over all the world. And actually he wants to take it further than that and say that God is greater than all the other gods. And we might say, well, that doesn't really matter to us because hey, I mean, what what do you mean all the other gods? But the gods of our society, and we'll come onto this in later sessions, are consumerism Uh, is the me culture Mm. is the fact that uh, I can have whatever I want Mm. is that I'm in charge of my life Uh, these things are massive gods Mm. of our day and generation and and so Isaiah wants to scream out to us that God is the great God greater than all of that God is more important than democracy dare we say it God Mm. is more important than me having my own security than my pension fund right God Mm. God is the great God over all the world And, and if that's the case then you would say, okay, what, well, what does God want to do? What's God's purpose? And, and God's purpose is, is to transform His creation. And that's all parts of His creation. And so He wants to transform it physically, He wants to transform it morally and spiritually, He wants to change us from the inside out. God uh, is, is, is passionate about changing people, transforming this world, yeah? And, and so God wants to go on this mission of changing everything, of transforming, of bringing everything back to himself, of sorting out the injustice. Hmm. And that's a powerful message. And this brings us then to social justice because then the Lord says, okay, and I want you to come with me and I want you to be part of that mission. Hmm. Because ultimately this ends up in a new heaven and a new earth. This yep. ends up in a, a new sphere of existence for us. This ends up in I- effectively the, the eternal state as we describe it where where, w- where we live with the, the Lord forever hmm. and where there is no injustice. But we're in the now, but not yet. We're not at that place yet. And so in this time, God says, okay, I want you to be part of that mission with me. I want to call my people to bring about justice, to bring about righteousness, to bring about change, to be devoted to me, to be holy for me. I'm the holy one of Israel, and I want you to be holy. I want you to be devoted to me, and I want you to bring about um, my purposes here on earth. That is Isaiah's message. I describe mm. it in the talk as a majestic message. It really is. It's this massive vision. It's this massive, incredible move that we can see there. And uh, I hope it takes it out of the dry and dusty and into the, the, the absolutely real and inspirational for our
0: everyday lives. That's what we're part of, folks. Absolutely. That's so good. I hope that's encouraging to you guys. It's encouraging to me, sat here. I know the hardship. You know the hardship of the normal grind. Of everyday grinds, whatever that looks like. Yeah, I did it yesterday morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same, literally. Monday morning can strike and you can be tired on the way to work and be like, wow, there's a week to go. But guys, be encouraged whether you're insiders, outsiders, whatever your character, whatever sphere or sector you're in, whatever sphere of in, influence, um, be a people who are constant and steady because your focus is on who God is and you're carrying his message wherever you are, whether you're in a ticket-selling booth with just you and two others, or if you're in a massive place where you can influence hundreds and thousands of people, all of it is carrying the same message of hope, and we're all called to do that. So thank you very much, guys, for listening. Anything else to say, Steve, before we wrap it up there?
1: I just want to say thanks for listening, folks, and yeah, uh, yeah, stick with the Lord, and get, get into this word, because it's absolutely powerful.
0: Amen. We will see you guys next time. Please do watch the videos on YouTube and listen to the other, the other episodes of this podcast as well. See you guys soon.